lady. A lady, did you order a Uber? Yes, yes, I did. Oh, come on in, come on in. Hey, hey, I gotta go to uh, Sonic Palace. We gotta go. What is Sonic Palace? It's a recording studio. Oh, wait a minute. I know the king of Sonic Palace. I know him. I know him very well. It's, oh, it's a beautiful, luxurious um, palace. No, no, it's a recording studio. There's no, no king no, there. Oh, no, lady. Uh, let's, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Go. I know exactly what the okay, palace is. Okay, but it's... Oh, it's luxurious. He's a sultan. Um, he's a sultan of the palace. No, no, he's yes. not. No, no, I can tell you his name. I don't need to. You cannot speak his name. You cannot speak his name. Why? You cannot. It's sacred. Well, it's sacred. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, you get me there, man, all right? I got to meet my friend there. He's going to help me record an uh, interview with the guy who runs the place. Mm, yes, 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 the sultan. Oh, you, the mm, walls are golden. They're absolutely golden. There are towers everywhere. Yeah, I don't think so. It is the in- most incredible palace I've ever seen. It's just the name of a cor- recording studio, oh, dude. Oh, you don't know. Okay. How's your day, lady? Hey, it's going pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. pretty good, lady. I'm pretty excited about uh, interviewing um, uh, Matt Mercado. No, uh, I don't know who that man is, but I know we're going to meet the Sultan. No, he's not palace. a Sultan. He's not the a Sultan. The Sultan of the palace we no, will meet. No, yes. he's not. I have met him many times before. Really? I have. Oh. Oh, I well, have. see, right now I need to meet my friend Gintas. Gintas? Yes. What type of name is that? What, what region <laughs> is that from? He's from Lithuania. <laughs> Lithuania? He's not really from there, but his parents are. Oh. But that's a Lithuanian name. Hmm. So, yeah, he's going to help me get this interview all accomplished. Well, we'll see about that. Well, hey, are we... We're uh, coming close. We're coming close. All right. Looks like a few minutes away, because i got to meet him on the corner. Can you just drop me on the corner? I don't see any palace here. I see no palace. Yeah. I see... Wait. I see a truck driving school here. I see warehouses. What is this? This is not a palace. No, it's not. This is not a palace. It's not gold. Nah, it just looks like a, like a kind of a boring old uh, warehouse building. You're right. Nothing exciting here. Sorry, Wrong man. palace, lady. Wrong palace. I'll no. take you to the palace. Nick. No, the no, no. Sonic, you take me the right The Sonic here. Palace no, no. I shall take you to. You take me right this here. This is a okay? warehouse. Wait, wait. I see my friend Gintas. He's right there. Hey, hey, I'm over here. Come on, Gintai. Hey. All right, lady. He's okay. right there. Okay, I'm going to let you go now. Yeah. All right. Don't forget to hit the like button and, oh, yeah, uh, and the tip button. All right. Thank you, and Mr. And the tip next time is tell this mad person, whoever he is, uh-huh. he's no sultan, as I know of. Mm-hmm. He's not the sultan of the Sonic Palace, I know. <laughs> you tell him is. to at least get a can of gold paint to paint this warehouse. Oh, okay, Mr. Uberman. I will All tell right. him that. I copy. All I right. copy. See ya, man. Hey, Gintai. Hey, what's going on? Hey, we gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta get this interview you know, done. I, Can I, you I, believe I, it? We're I gonna interview Matt Mercado? Guy. Oh, I haven't seen Matt in so long. My I gosh, know. with the COVID and all that kind of stuff. And since Dead Freddy recording, it's been so long. I know. I can't wait to see him. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be super awesome. So you got your, you got the mics and everything? I do. And it's freezing out here. I it's know. It's freezing and we're running late. Oh, no. We gotta get episode 20 done, man. Let's go. Let's go. Run, let's run, go, run, let's run, go. run, run, run. Don't fall. Don't slip.
What do you want me to say now? Hey, it's Ruta and it is Gintas. We are at Sonic Palace Studios in Oak Park. We're in Chicago, actually. We're in Chicago. Well, thank you for we correcting are. me. In, in <laughs> That's Park. right. Yes. All right. We're in Chicago, in Galewood, actually. <laughs> thank you very much for correcting me. And that was Matt Mercado, musician and recording producer at Sonic Palace. Uh, we're going to have a good conversation with him. And just so people know that Gintas actually knows Matt when Matt. Uh, produced Dead Freddy's record. That's right. So what do you have for him? Well, first off, welcome, Matt, and thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for coming out to uh, Sonic Palace, the new uh, improved Sonic Palace. Thank it you. is. It's uh, version 2 or 2.0. <laughs> well, let, let, let's start out at the beginning, Matt. Okay, so you're obviously a producer. You own your own studio, and uh, you also are at, and began as a musician. So when sure. you began as a musician... Uh, was Daisy Chain the first band that you started in? The very, very absolute first gig I ever did was a drummer, and I was the drummer of a band called The Lust Puppies. Oh, really? And, uh, we did two shows, and that was it. <laughs> okay. And then I was in a band as a drummer, a band called Dice, and I was the only white guy in an all-black band. All right, okay. cool. And then, then what? Then, uh, then I did started doing my uh, like that was kind of. I'd say that was uh, I wasn't writing those songs. Mm-hmm. So then, uh, um, so then I started writing. This is probably about nineteen. I was about nineteen, okay. and I wrote like a, a real like it's almost like a Mr. Sandman kind of song. But it came out great. It was called Tina Marie. Oh yeah. And uh, my dad loved it. Then I showed it to my friends. They're like, "Dude, grow grow a pair, dude. This is the wimpiest shit I've ever heard in my life." <laughs> I mean, this is like, I'm like, well, uh, okay. So then I, um, then I started. Uh, more focusing on uh, writing rock music because I got made, you know, ridiculed right. tremendously for my, uh, probably should have stayed in that route, but I, I went to the rock route, uh-huh. went to the realm of the rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And then uh would have to say that that was probably, probably the first band that I actually like put together and then every, you know, we actually had real, you know, recordings and wrote songs and everything. The other stuff was just a couple uh Couple, you know, sideshows, sideshow Bob kind of stuff. Right. So for Daisy Chain. No, uh, pre Daisy Chain. Pre Daisy Chain. Yeah, okay. Daisy Chain was the first band that I was, at, you know, an actual real band that you know we had everybody members and everything and we rehearsed and stuff like that. Right. Right. That's great. So, where was the transition from Daisy Chain to Mind Bomb? Which Mind Bomb? Which before. I do want to interrupt you, but I've seen you twice with Mind Bomb. I okay. saw you once at the China Club, which is okay, now cool. defunct, and then yeah. I saw you at the world famous Thirsty Whale. So, wow! Yeah, and that was with Mind Bomb. So uh, we uh, there was a band in Boston that owned the trademark to uh, Daisy Chain, mm-hmm. and then at the eleventh hour, we could have gotten it. We probably should have taken it because that was a pretty cool name. Mm-hmm. But uh, there was kind of some bad blood between the bands, so we uh, something happened where we had to, we just kept because we had already trademarked the new name and everything, and we. we going forward and literally right before we were going to come out with the record they uh, offered us they actually had said that everybody thinks that we're you so we're gonna you know we were looking to sell our name i think they offered us like three grand or something like that sure and we didn't we didn't do it which was kind of a mistake because that was a great name but um i'll tell you the truth both are great names if you ask me <laughs> i think i like daisy chain better it it's is a little a great funner a little, little lighter yeah and, and i'm a little lighter i'm not that you know what i mean uh, uh 
the music I do isn't like you know that 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 particularly dark. It's maybe twisted and demented, but it's not dark like that. So right, right. I like the lighter, flowery name. Yeah, the flowery. Yeah, because every time I heard the, the the word Daisy Chain, I was more kind of a little psychedelic yeah. kind of something like that. Yeah, so it's it's pretty cool. But I do like both names. I got to admit. So. <laughs> so when. So when you changed the name, so were you already signed uh, to Mercury? Could we were signed as Daisy Chain. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. no kidding. Yeah. What? Uh, what? Um. How? Like, did somebody approach you, like, and say, "Hey, we want to sign you guys"? You know, because I mean, these no. Days, you uh, don't here's know how. Here's how it works. Usually, uh, back in those days, and even these days, because I've had uh, uh, several artists get signed out of Sonic Palace here. Wow. And um, mainly, it's the rap guys because the kids are rapping. There's yeah. not a lot, not a lot of rocking going on, but we're, you know, we're here to bring that back and. I think, um, I, I mean, I say this every year, I think I feel a little more energy, mm-hmm. particularly during the pandemic. Uh, Fender guitars had the, their best sales ever I in their history. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, are all these kids going to, you know, they're going to at least incorporate guitar with rap or something. So there's right. going to be at least some guitar. I mean, because all this stuff is made in FL uh, Fruity Loop Studio. Right. So there's no instrumentation whatsoever. Right. <laughs> so... Um, Get, get, I, I I went off in a tangent. Give me back to the, my. Uh, give, give me back on the trail. Where was I? Well, no, no. But but let me let me finish the thought. Yes, about, uh, about we were talking about Mind Bomb and uh, when you got signed and like. Kind of, okay, so uh, we had uh, a manager approach us who mm-hmm. was uh, um, uh, up and coming manager. His name was Jeff Quantance, mm-hmm. and uh, he actually ended up being one of the, one of the biggest moguls in the music business. Uh, wow. Uh, uh, at the time, uh, there was a power trio in Chicago. I don't know if who, who uh, Valerie loves me. They had a song. Oh, uh, material issue. issue. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, he had had them, so he had some cred because he got him signed to Mercury. Right. Very cool. So, um, um, and then uh, he approached us, and then so then we, um, it wasn't very long. I mean, we did uh, a few demos at uh, Streeterville, and I remember back in the day. Wow. Uh, how much you think our little four song demos cost back then? What do you think? I have no idea. Seventeen thousand dollars. Our demos cost. I don't have anybody spending seventeen grand in my studio anymore. Those were the freaking golden days, man. We spent seventeen grand because we had to pay that back as soon as we got signed. Wow. No and we had a spec deal, and it was seventeen thousand. And it was, you know, it was legit. That studio time was like one hundred forty an hour back then, wow. and, and bands took forever. So maybe it was six songs. I don't remember, but it was seventeen grand that we had spent. Not know that. That's yeah. crazy money. Holy shit. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, um, so then we started showcasing and actually at, uh, we would have, we had a lot of labels looking at us and at the end we would have had probably more even, but there was somebody at the, um, for some reason, Quantance, I wanted to do it at the Thirsty Whale because I knew the guys over there mm-hmm. and we did one showcase and, uh, um, uh, somebody sabotaged our fucking sound, man. Really? They fucking sabotaged our sound. What oh, they, they did, and uh, uh, Mike Kohler was our uh, sound guy. He was a fabulous sound guy, fa- famous sound guy. Uh-huh. We, it wasn't, you know, because what happened was they uh, went, right before we went on, they flipped over the crossovers. So the highs were coming out of the tweeters. Oh, I mean, the lows were coming out of the tweeters right. and the highs were coming out oh, of the sub. Geez. You know what I mean? So they reversed it. They knew what they were doing. So it was obviously an inside job. Yeah. And then the same thing happened twice. We did two showcases. And, and on the second one, I'm like, dude, we cannot play this. 
this place. There's somebody yeah. sabotaging. No, we're going to take care of it. Same thing, exact same thing. So we had the. Yeah. It took them about six songs mm-hmm. to figure out what was going on. Right. You know what I mean? So then at the end, uh, that we we ended up with Mercury. So That's and which was a weird. They were a weird label. I mean, they had a lot of money from the back in the day, and they weren't even. They just paid a, had so much money to throw around because they had at the time it was Def Leppard, Bon oh, Jovi. Right. Some of those That's were right. twenty five million uh, selling albums. Right. So right. do the math on that and. Um, uh, Bob Scoro, nice guy and everything, but he didn't pay attention at all, mm-hmm. and uh, it just kind of got out of hand. And we went, you know, incredibly over budget. I think it was like five hundred eighty-five thousand dollars. We ended up spending on that album. Some real money, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that was some real stuff back then. Wow. How long did uh, Mind Bob Mind Bomb last? You know, uh, it's how many years? like basically, I, I was wondering uh, like how how I could get out of this band because you know the band ate itself even before we even released the record. So. Um, probably that record we toured for about a year. And then after that, I quit. I mean, I quit like on day one. I'm like, I, I got to get out of here. So I just yeah. had to shut up and not say anything on a tour bus for a year, which is, yeah. you know, so now I can keep a secret for anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, a year I'm sitting next to these dudes. I didn't say nothing. I'm like, dude, I am so fucking out of here when this is done. So then, uh, um, uh, then, uh, I ended up, uh, uh, moving to LA and, uh, got, uh, you know, uh, doing a solo thing. And then I got writer's block. So uh, then that ended the whole Mercury thing. And then at that time, usually what happens with record labels is that uh, if the record, you know, doesn't do so hot, did okay, but not, you know, incredible, if the A&R guy gets fired, that you sync with that ship. And then yeah. the new A&R guy says, well, that's not my band. Yeah, I'm like signing these, yeah, these right. freaking, I'm signing uh, this new uh, rapper or whatever, yeah. or this new rocker. So yep. we yep. went down with that ship. Wow. Um, so how did you end up moving into the world of recording, like being a recording, producing? You know, I was always producing myself, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, so, um, uh, uh, and back in the day, like when we were quasi rock stars, we thought like engineers and producers were like, okay, but just like kind of geeks and just like, oh my God, I'd never do that. That's because uh, everybody wanted to be a rock star. Nobody wanted to be. So, um, right. Even we, we saw freaking, who is uh, Rick freaking Rubin? And we're oh. like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> He's a freaking producer. If like Axl right. Rose would have walked by, we would have been shit our pants. But <laughs> Rick Rubin, we didn't even care about. Oh you know, pulling God. up in his limo. Hey, hey, Rick. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know. How you doing? And he was actually a pretty nice guy. You know, yeah. pr- pretty mellow. He's, yeah. well, he got $100 million. That'd be pretty cool, too. You know what I mean? So Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, so we didn't really care about that. But then... Um, uh, on, on on the second record, I mean, when I wanted to do more music, I didn't have any budget, so they were like, you know, I was eating up a lot of spec time at studios, and they were like, this was at Metropolis, they're like, dude, engineer these bands. Mm-hmm. So then um, they actually threw me in there. I wasn't even ready. And uh, and uh, uh, one lesson I learned from a, a, a kid in my very first paid gig, I was in high school, and I got paid uh, $75 to play guitar on this uh, old old uh, lady's uh, older woman's uh, like uh, jingles oh, yeah, that right, she yeah. wanted to pitch mm-hmm. uh, for the Chicago Cubs and like seventy five dollars back then. Oh, yeah. oh my god, that was like you could I think you'd have almost bought a Fender back then <laughs> with that money. Or at least you could have bought back in like, my day. <laughs> you could have bought like uh, um, you know a, a gu- guitar uh, every guitar accessory that you would have needed: guitar strings, a strap, yeah. chords. Probably an even amp to maybe yeah. not, nah, you know, maybe not, but whatever. 75 was a lot, yeah. especially to a little high school kid. I thought it was incredible. For sure. So I was kind of shitting bricks and he said, you know what? Just 
and I didn't really know how to read music that well at all. So he's like, you know what? Just kind of fake it, man. Just kind of pretend like you know what you're doing. Smile. And, and so that's how I, I've taken my career and as a, as a musician, too. Mm-hmm. It's just like kind of just, you know, wing it and yeah. and don't like, you know, oh, my God. He, he said, don't say, oh, my God, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, right, right. I'm scared shitless. <laughs> and I'm like, he said, just kind of, you know, work your way through it. You know how to play guitar. Mm-hmm. So just kind of work your way through it. And practice it a couple times and then get through it so then that's that's what i with the engineering too i mean at you know i would you know pretend like i was moving around buttons but i like i don't know why i can't hear this freaking kick drum at all right i don't even know where it's where is it at you know what i mean and then finally i'd keep on moving a bunch of buttons and i'd, I'd get it so now did you start with like uh like a task cam like i know i started with a task cam four track when i, I, I started with a port studio yep 100 yeah. percent. yep okay yeah and then then i went to an a track and then i went right to a, a real recording studio with the uh, whole okay. mixing yeah that, a, that's a, that's, uh, that's the part that's missing for me neve, <laughs> neve council and everything right. it was a mac neve but it was a nice ass a mac yeah and uh you know everything so it, it, like that's what i was doing i knew how to record myself so they were like all right get behind the behind the board start making us some money so then that's how i started and then um that studio closed and i bought a lot of the gear oh wow yeah and uh um and uh i ended up with one of the owners he wanted to go uh, to a place in Melrose park and i'm like man we should just go somewhere small but we ended up getting a, a huge place and that lasted about a year and then i i dipped with my stuff and then i just went to oak park mm-hmm. had a little uh little basement studio there for years which we did a lot of stuff out of and then uh then that that place uh, ended up getting sold, so we moved to uh, Chicago. So that's and this I is, remember uh, the little basement studio. Yeah, I know, uh, my band Dead Freddy. Uh, yeah, recorded there. Hundred percent. It was a yeah. very very good time in life. We, yeah. we were there. I think I think it was about a year, something like that. We went on and off for about a year. So it yep, was, it was fun. That's how rock goes. I mean, these, yeah. these these kids with the rap, they do it all. I mean, they're basically. I know, it's, you know, I mean, it's kind of like karaoke because they have their tracks already done and they're just doing right. the vocals. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing, I just had an intern from Columbia College. Uh, I mean, I have a whole program with them. And the newest intern, he's more into rock than the other kids are more into rap. Mm-hmm. But he said what was funny is that if you look at the at the screen, like in a rock band, you have like kick drum, all these tracks mm-hmm. of like music, guitars, and then like one vocal. Yeah. And he said <laughs> the rap is the opposite. There's one track of music and like 80 vocals. <laughs> So, how did you end up getting involved with Columbia College? Um, I I went there okay. a, as a student, and then uh, uh, Tom Joyce, uh, the uh, career advisor, uh, kind of uh, actually he worked at Mercury. He worked on uh, Mercury Records. Okay. Uh, he worked on my Mind Bomb record back in, uh, in the nineties. Yeah, so he just remembered me, and he just started looking. Uh, they're they're always looking for studios. You know what I mean? That that uh, and uh, he. he most of the studios don't do rock, man. You know what I mean? So he wanted uh, his kids to get a little influence with m- live music because most of these studios just... Uh, and, and that's, to me, what makes... Uh, yeah, actually, Mike and I both, you know, I don't want to say a step above, but whatever. We have uh, skill sets that these kids never had. And a lot of these engineers, even if they're not kids anymore, they've never recorded anything but a vocal ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, never a violin, never a guitar, never mm. a kick drum. Sure. And there's a skill set that, I mean, that gets you 5D compared to, I mean, just a vocal. It's, you know, hard to record, but, you know, you get a different skill set learning a lot more about EQ yeah. and, and all, all different spectrums of music. So. Right, right. So, uh, all right, so. So. Tell us about some of the bands that you have produced here. 
Some of the bands. Uh, just recently, I just uh, uh, did. Uh, we did a double record for Soil, a band Soil. Okay. Um, uh, Are they for, metal? They're metal. Yeah. yeah. For, I thought for, I heard for, of them. For Cleopatra Records. Okay. okay yeah. yeah. Um, uh, what was their big hit? My My Little Halo was their big. Uh, Halo was their biggest hit. Wow. Okay. Uh, and um, so that was over the summer. We did forty days uh, with them. Um, uh, some of the. Uh, 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 the the outfit uh, they're on uh, pavement too. We did, yes, did, did I asked, some, uh, I've seen them. Uh, as, uh, yeah, we saw them at Wire. Yeah, yeah at Wire. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, okay, Dead Freddy. Yeah. That's uh, 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 Discoveries of the American Scientific. That's we do true. a lot with them. Yes. That's true. Uh, let's see. Then, um, uh, man, uh, just here. I just had a whole list here. Let me, let me just look here. So All right. George Pruitt just came in from Kentucky, did some songs. Uh, Shy Town, um, they're on. A, they just uh, uh, are going on a national tour. Um, and then I had, uh, uh, I've had a, a few top forties. Uh, just I just had my first uh, country top forty with uh, Eric Chesser. So he goes uh, to Nashville and records all the music. But for some reason, he likes to come over here and, and do the um, uh, vocals. That's fantastic. Because uh, they, they kind of rush him. Because yeah. I, I don't know if you know. Have you been to Nashville and spent any time in recording I, studios in Nashville? Not recording, but I've okay. been to Nashville with my other band, Saddleman. I actually, yeah. I performed at a, at a Holiday Inn uh, okay. bar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's what Open I wanted. <laughs> Open mic. So yeah. it's something, uh, a Berry Hill, I guess they have all the studios there and they just have a whole network, man. They got it. They got a re- real deal. There's like 50 studios there with all, all the same musicians are doing. Like you can have Kenny Chesney's bass player and, you know, Dirk Bentley's uh, drummer. Uh, any, you wow. know, if, if you got money, you know what I mean? Yeah, right, and, and right. <laughs> because if they're, right now too, they're probably in between some gigs too. So <laughs> sure. you get there. They'd be like, no, I had the gig first. <laughs> Oh, I said I had this. I'm in the Dirk Bentley band. Oh, I'm in the Kenny Chesney band. I got this. So yeah, you can get you can get some big hitters over there. Yeah. So are you working obviously with bands out of state, local bands? So kind of everybody. Uh, it, the kids are rapping. Uh, rappers that I've recorded that uh, uh, got big were uh, Famous Dex. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but uh, if anybody knows rap, he was a very. Uh, Katie okay. got bands. Uh, we got uh, one kid signed to Hopeless Records, which is kind of a very big, de- uh, like a. They have a lot of rock bands. Um, uh, Newfound Glory, they have. Oh, yeah, they sure. have a, a Avenged Sevenfold. They yeah. had. Oh, wow. So uh, and they kind Some of heavy hitters. moving over to the rock thing. Mm-hmm. So that was Dying Designer. Uh, he did all his demos here that got him signed. Wow. But uh, um, and then Jumex too. Okay. And then what happens is, uh, especially with the rappers, you know, there's a lot of beefs and stuff like that. So if they get signed, they get them out of here right away. So I, I like. De- you know, get to do their demos or you know some songs that start you know getting a little traction, and then they get signed and they're gone. I don't see them again. So, uh, unfortunately, give, give them the leg up and off they go. Yeah, yeah, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Now, have you gone out of your way to approach bands to produce them? Like, give out your car? Like, hey, I'll produce you. Um, you know, I, I just been. I, I should do that more a, a little bit. Uh, how actually I got to work with the famous. Uh, uh, rappers, uh, because uh, I had uh, one of my older, uh, you know, not older, but he's probably in his 30s or early 40s. He was an R&B guy, and he said, "Matt, you've had rappers here for now 12 years, and you had not one major rapper in the studio." He's like, "You got to do something about that, dude." And then I went to the uh, uh, little uh, e-cig shop when I used to smoke e-cigs, and there was this little white kid, and he's like, "Oh, who you produce?" I'm like, "I was naming names." He's like, "I never heard of that guy." I'm like, "Man, I got to change this shit." So I did. I 
produced my own rap record where I made the beats to it. And when I did the beats for rap, I thought, oh, man, I'm a fucking rock rock dude. This right. ain't going to be shit. This is going to be nothing. This is going to be the easiest thing ever. Uh-huh. So then I, I, I started. I'm like, holy crap. I don't even know what I'm doing here. It was it was very, very difficult. And then I worked with a, a, a rapper, Smokadon. Mm-hmm. And then he, he was. Uh, I said, I, you know, I kind of don't get what we're doing here with the sub and then you know he was kind of rapping and then he was throwing his hands when when the emphasis was coming and so i said yeah. like, okay so i figured that the the sub in rap is like how we use the guitar in rock mm-hmm. and then once i figured that out then i'm like okay i know how to do this shit and then so then i it wasn't even it's not like it blew up or anything but what happened was one of the rappers sapa inca at the time now his name is inca but he he was all into like who's in the chicago scene because i mean Honestly, it's it's ginormous. I mean, if you look at the Billboard Top 40, there's at least uh, four or five kids from Chicago in there every every month. You know what I mean? Right. So uh, huge, un- unbelievably huge. And uh, so he was like, this was 2015. Mm-hmm. So this was like right when it was starting to bubble up and, and burst yeah. with this uh, music they call uh, a drill. Okay. So um, uh, he he uh, he heard of this one videographer who happened to do this famous texting. He wasn't even signed yet. Mm-hmm. So then he, he through that through approaching people and saying, "Hey, let's try to do something here because none of you know how to promote yourself." And and that's that's what I find with all artists, and that's even um, rock and rap is like the. The, the music side they have and the production side I can help them with. Sure. Uh, promotions is where they uh, a lot of it is lacking and that's that's like a mystery yeah. tool. So that's what I've been trying to focus on a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It's just so in-depth and they're so involved, but yeah. I, I got to keep on going with that and just trying to help bands promote and artists promote themselves because the more things that happen with them, then now all of a sudden I have bigger bands and right. bigger people on my resume because I, I did that. Well, know? the promotions with, with the, the way things are these days, it's not like in the 70s, 80s, or 90s or anything like that. It's a completely different, like, like uh, not genre, but uh, structure. It's a completely different structure. I mean, I, I, I think marketing is marketing, and yeah. we were just talking about this the other day. It's like, oh, all these kids are so lucky. They got all this internet shit. I'm like, fuck that. We used to go out and play fucking shows right. and meet a freaking 300 people in a night, you right, know what I mean? Right, right. And hand out flyers. Yeah, and then what, what we do the next fucking night, we do the same thing exactly, no, to the another right. club and meet go 300 people. Yeah, I remember and, that. And, and if you came back with your band, if you came back with, you better have thrown that stack away because if you came back with a stack of flyers, they'd say, go back <laughs> in there and hand out yeah. and talk to every yeah. freaking right. person yeah. in that place That's right. and talk to them. Don't yeah. just hand it to them. That's right. Until you, you're done. So we might have met freaking 900 people in a weekend. Yeah. Literally. I yeah. mean, I don't g- g- do the math. So, I mean, I, are these kids meeting that. 900 people in real life? No. no. So, no. I don't think it's... In ways, it's you know, oh, it's easier, maybe not really. You know what oh, I mean? Oh no, no, I'm not, I wasn't saying I wasn't suggesting that at all. I'm saying it, it's. I think it's more difficult now. Okay, you know? okay, so, yeah, good, you know, good, no, good. I got you're you. saying, yeah. listen, I'm from I'm from your yeah. school, man. It's like I used to have to do that shit too. So I totally yeah. understand that, you know. But it's like it's kind of different now. It's almost like, you know, because of technology and stuff, you know, people are maybe more isolated and they're like, oh, maybe I can buy Facebook. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, like 100%. Like, yeah. No, man, these are, it's all fun. Like, I remember I was in this one band and one of my band members, like, bought 
like I don't know, like it was like a hundred likes or something like that. And these people are like from Cambodia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we yeah. got the likes and stuff. And oh, is someone gonna some promoter gonna look? Oh wow, we have nine hundred likes. Yeah, but half of them are from Cambodia. Yeah, it's like that's they're no not fair. real fans. You gotta yeah, do yeah. what you said. It's like you gotta press the flesh, man. You gotta go there. You gotta hand your stuff to people and talk to people. You know, and that's that's the way I look at it. But that's why it's it's, it's a little more difficult now. I think these days. And, and also too, you had your band to hold you accountable. I mean, what are you gonna say? Uh, you know, oh no, I didn't. I went out and handed all my flyers. You know what I mean? And you still got a stack of flyers. That's right. There, there's somebody going to say, "Nope, get back in there." And so you had you had to actually go and that's true. and and talk to real life humans, man. <laughs> well, that's some know, weird shit. I think that also we're in the world of streaming, so everyone's listening to their music on their phones, on their tablets, whatever. Mm-hmm. They're not really owners of music anymore. They're not going to the record stores to like buy something that they own. You know, I think that's a different mindset. And and artists just have to uh, uh, kind of get into that mindset because it never really bothered me that much. I, I don't I don't mind uh, because there's other uh, you know other ways of you know making money in the business now. They've you know that's why concerts are like freaking eight hundred bucks, right? Well, I mean, and merchandise too. Yeah, yeah. My point is, it's that it's that attachment of I'm going to follow that band. I'm going to make sure I buy all their records, get all their merch. Yeah. And with streaming, it's kind of like, oh, I like this band, or like that what one. It's become, it it's become a, a playlist, uh, uh, a playlist, playlist world. Hit, hit factory. Totally. Yes, like the so, 1950s, when you buy a single, yeah. you don't buy an album, you just yeah. buy a single so here and there. attachment like is kind of being lost. Right. Of attaching yourself to a band and like really following them. Yeah. And now it's maybe an attachment to a, a movement. Uh than as as opposed to like a certain genre of music right. or something that they might like. Oh, I like uh, this band. Oh, uh, I mean, I like this music. Oh, yeah. What band do you What band do you like the most? I don't know. Uh, I like. Yeah. I, I got eighty seven in my playlist. So right, that, that exactly. To, uh, probably might listen to two in the same album, but right, right. It's it's, it's become a, a, a. It's it's been like that for years, where it's been developing like that, and right. then it just kind of flipped this, this uh, switch flipped. But um, yeah, I mean. I don't know what to say about that other than that. Uh, I just, you know, I, I, I just adapt, you know, and and encourage, uh, you know, other people, yeah. uh, other other uh, other bands to do the same. And then when they talk about, like, because doing an album now is, like, it's it's cool, but, man, it, they take so long. Like you said, it I, takes a year. Yeah. By the end of the year, you're already, you know, changed. You know, look what happens in a year. Look, Go look at, you know, what happened to us in a year. You know what I mean? Sure. Look at True. look at 2019. Yeah, right. <laughs> in, right. In, uh, right. In December 2019, and then look at, you know, uh, April of 2020. Right, And right. you tell me what happens in not even a year. So <laughs> right. uh, things can super change. So mm-hmm. um, I... I'd probably I try try to emphasize you know maybe do EPs and then you know keep on doing singles because it's just a playlist market. But you know, I remember I, you saying I, I that. I tell them and then yeah. some people listen, some people don't. So yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so it looks like the genre you're mostly working with is now rap music. I would say it's uh, about sixty uh, percent and then forty percent rock. I still do a lot of rock. Absolutely, I have rock in every week, hundred percent. And then then when I have uh, uh, like. Uh, when I get bands with the contracts, then we're in. We're we're locking this bitch out. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's gone, and that's what it is. So, yeah. so the uh, the next actually the next time I have uh, another band in for a, a month or two, I'm gonna like probably expand to another room so Mike can do some other stuff. Because oh, wow. uh, it was uh, it was a little too you know tight where where you know you're shoving your clients away for a little bit too long so so ultimately right now you currently just have the a and the b studio right the a and the b so, yeah so so i, I think I, i'm i'm actually 
my next move is going to be I, I've, I've been looking at what they're doing in like Berry Hill in Nashville where they have to convert like houses. Mm. So I'm thinking I want my own place. I don't want anybody. I mean, I love everybody here. Everybody's super cool. Yeah. We've had absolutely no issues. I've had actually less issues here than in Oak Park. And okay. we're we're in Austin, mm-hmm. but we're kind of in a gem in Austin because we're in like an island. Yeah. And there's a, you know, it's kind of hard to find. Yeah, so, it's, no, it's kind of weird to get yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. weird to get in here. And you, there's a bunch of no, no trespassing, but also says only for you know clients of the people but people just see no trespassing and turn around sure. so there's been no issues here mm-hmm. um it's just that there's uh, too much uh traffic uh with uh you know there's a lot of studios when i moved into this place mm-hmm. i there was nobody here man and i'm looking at this and like why is there nobody here i went to three other places i went to music garage okay. i went to um uh, what's fort knox okay and then i went to um one other place way in the north no, uh, north side, uh, just straight like northwest. I can't like by Northwest Highway. It was way up there. Oh sure, yeah. And um, um, all of them were jam packed and were like, oh, you know, uh, we don't have anything for you. Actually, they even told me they called me and said, hey, we have a room for you to look at. So I drove all the way out there, and they're like, uh, you know, I, we don't have anybody to show you. I'm like, dude, I just freaking drove here, so <laughs> right, you better yeah. freaking find a fucking key for this room. <laughs> so anyway, so then he showed me a room, and it was like. Uh, 200 square feet for or 275 for like 1200 and then i got this i got 825 square feet for like 1500 over here oh yeah so um and i wanted to do bands they they didn't have any facilities for to do bands which i'm doing a a, you know just a a decent amount you know enough um so uh i want to have a a spot where i have different rooms where i can keep stuff set up because this room is like kind of uh freaking vaudeville room where there's (laughs) you know there's podcasts in here like right now right we have a We've done uh, Reasonable Ignorance podcast. I think they're on their 365th or something like that. Wow. So they've been going for five years at least. With that. Wow. Okay. Do you produce yeah. that for them? Um, I, I used you... to. Mike does. Oh, Mike cool. Does. How nice. I, we don't I, have a producer. We need a producer. Yeah. I'm a producer. All right. Yeah, You're doing producer. double duty. What do you think I'm doing? Yeah. All right. What about oh. chopped liver? All yeah. right. <laughs> Maybe it'll sound fancier. Well, we have a producer. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> um, what was my other question? You have another question? Uh, let's see. I just lost my train of thought there. Well, Matt's answered quite a bit here. Um, well, uh, we've got the thing where it says, uh, what is the recording process like? Can bands just record a few songs? But Matt pretty much got that. So are bands mostly just doing songs as opposed to a whole record? No, bands just won't get out of the freaking uh, 1993, man, or ni- 1989. They're still doing fucking records, oh. even the younger ones. Because we like sitting in studios rather I, they than must. going home. I and can that, sit, here, I can sit like, here for a month, no Here's problem. the difference. <laughs> uh, 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 an average, a typical rock band song, I would say probably about $1,000 per song for the studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, a rap song is about 100 bucks. Oh, you know what okay. I mean? So it's yeah. like one-tenth because their music is already done. Right. It's done by producers and uh, all over the world, they're producers and they just, you know, you know, lease them for pennies on the dollar and then, uh, you know, and then these, or even if they buy them outright, these kids sell them like 20 times over anyway. It's, it's yeah. kind of a little dirty, but... Mm-hmm. Um, well, I found it interesting before uh, to bring it back to the rap when you said you were going to try and do some rap beats and stuff and you're like, oh yeah, no problem, you know, but then all of a sudden when you had to actually do it, it's like... Whoa, you know, it's because it's kind of wacky, you know. It kind of reminds me of the same kind of principle as dub music or reggae. You know, you'd, okay. th- you'd think like, oh, yeah, you know, it's easy. Like, just like, a bunch I, of echo and a beat. Yeah. It's not because I mean, yeah. I, I drum as well, too, you know. And yeah. It's like, and I'm like, when I have to do it's like, it's, it, it's a completely different beat and you have to do a weird thing. Because like, I remember watching this documentary of The Clash 
And the Clash do a lot of like reggae type stuff. So they were in the studio. Like, I don't know if it was uh, Lee Scratch Perry or somebody like that. And it was a famous like reggae producer. So the Clash go in. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, they're, we could easily handle this. And they're like, no. The guy could say, no, you're getting it on the wrong beat. So when you were saying that about, I forgot what you called that, where you said the. The sub. Yeah. Okay. They, they, they call it an 808. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The sub, that car rattling stuff is yeah. how. Yeah. What what they do with that is how we use the guitar and rock to drive the song. Yeah, so that's what this reggae guy was telling the Clash. You know, it's like okay, you got to do like whatever he called it. It was some other thing, but it was like, and it took him a long time. And then finally, the drummer, a, a topper head or whatever, he got it right. Finally, you know, so it took him a while to learn about how it's a different type of beat, a different type of drive. You know, but but being, you know, as rock musicians and then you have to transfer either either to rap or reggae or something like that all of a sudden you have to have a different mindset in the whole thing i find that process fascinating so when you brought that up i'm like yeah i get that because i'm like i had to do some reggae stuff and it was a whole different yeah, thing man because they're they're one and two is two and four yeah, yeah, or something yeah. one yeah, right. there's snares on the one and the kicks on the yeah, two yeah it's like yeah they're, 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 <laughs> i don't think i could play that it's tough stuff all right so here's your opportunity to promote yourself so if people want to come and recorded Sonic Palace, what do they got to do? Um, uh, www.sonicpalace.com. Okay. Yeah, on Facebook, we're at uh, Sonic Palace Studio. On Instagram, we're Sonic Palace. Um, and I don't, I don't really mess with Twitter. I don't. What, what is Twitter anyway? I, I mean, is it, it for either. porn stars now? I, I have no idea what the hell. I, 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 nobody even responds to anything I say. Instagram, uh, I found my lane in Instagram finally. Me, I love that. Because at first, it was just like a bunch of, uh, you know, hoochie mamas, and then dudes like flexing. Like, I'm like, yeah, okay. It's changed a lot. Yeah. So then... Um, but uh, what I've been, you know, I do little like short snippets of artists in my studio, and that that's kind of found my lane. Yeah. And and maybe with that algorithm too, it's like I don't see as much like people like flexing as I as I did. So I, it's I get kinda... to see little baby owls now. I'm into the baby owls yeah. on Instagram, so I'm okay. No no hoochie mamas here, just little baby yeah. owls. And then uh, um, honestly, they're saying TikTok. You got to get into it. Have you started that yet, Gintis? Or not? I know yet? we got to get you on TikTok. Yeah. For sure. If, if you're even a musician, even if even if you're, uh, uh, you know, uh, we'll call ourselves veterans. Yes. Uh, uh-huh, nice word. <laughs> even if we're veterans, um, it's supposed to be, you know, this, you know, if, if there's any time to get into it, get into it this year. Because right. maybe by 2023, it's, it's it'll be over. But it's supposed to be a, a real quick way to get, you know, a decent, like, actual fan base that are not bots and that yeah, are real right, humans. So, right. So how much did, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Good. How, much uh, did, how much did uh, COVID affect your business? Um, you know, at, at first it, it was it was devastating. No, not at all. Okay. Uh, I was doing remote the whole time. Oh, okay. Never stopped. Not a day. So, uh, And uh, I started doing remote and I almost said, if this goes on, I'm going to fucking quit because these people can't record themselves for shit. <laughs> it was terrible. Oh, okay. I'm like, oh my God, this is horrible. But then it was, we were only locked down. I mean- uh, remote for like a month, I think it wasn't very long. You oh, okay. know, month and a half or something like that. I can't remember. I think it was. That's not bad. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't bad. So then, uh, uh, open and um, it's actually we've been lucky. I mean, I talked to a lot of people who haven't been uh, lucky because people are still recording. Like if you had a live venue or live restaurant, yeah, not as lucky. You know what I mean? Yeah, so you're right. People are still recording. Hopefully. Um, they're going to, you know, uh, start opening stuff up and leave it open because yeah. right. there's no incentive for anybody to do shit if you're going to, you know, not have a place to play. What What's an incentive for a rock band? You know what I mean? To, right. Like, you know, 
is to go on tour and be freaking cool as shit. You know what I mean? If right, you can't, exactly. That's what you can't about. play live, yeah. then no, you're right. I mean, like rappers are one thing because they can, you know, do little videos, and then even if they did whatever, you could just rap on a corner or something like that. Big deal. But mm-hmm. a rock band has a whole bunch of equipment, and it's got to go out and yep. perform a show. So. Um, I'm I'm hoping you know ever I'm hopeful that uh, you know not, not, I mean I, I love my rap clients but I just I, I also like enjoy doing rock a lot so I yeah. the more the better so um, yeah I agree and I I, do, I definitely have a, a share of it but uh, uh, I'd like to get more lockouts so hopefully uh, there's more incentives for the for the bands to to spend that kind of money because like I say it's ten times more literally a budget is ten times more for a, a, a rock song than it is for a rap song wow. So what's the, your final question? We have a final question for you. Yes. It is, who was your favorite band in high school? The Who. Mine too. That's wow. really <laughs> weird. <laughs> my, my and then, 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 you know, that was early. Then That's I, then crazy. Jimi Hendrix and then Queen. Awesome. Uh, yeah. But and then, I mean, I got a little bit Beatles, but I mean, yeah. I mean, I still like the Beatles, but it's just like, I'm so done with them. I, I don't even <laughs> want to hear anything by them. Hey, but then every now and again, I hear something. I'm like, yeah, they were pretty good. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm still, I, I just watch a whole Get Back documentary and everything. You know, I, 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 I that it. was like being, you could just watch it right there. Or, you know what I mean? I'm in a studio all the time. So to me, it right. was like, what is this shit? There's nothing. Well, man. It's, it's funny because, uh, the last couple of days I, I just started with my Saddleman band. I, um, I had recorded us in the studio like when we were in lockdown or whatever. We, we were in the studio and I recorded all this stuff. And then finally I got the web page going and I started looking at snippets. So I started posting like little two-minute snippets. And it's just like what you said. You know, it's just like this is just studio stuff. And after watching Get Back, I'm like, I, I was in Get Back. So I call it, yeah, the, get, yeah, exactly. I call it the Get Back yeah. session. So I, yeah. I post like two-minute clips like all the time yeah. on Facebook. So I totally get it. <laughs> it's exactly like my everyday life. So, right, right. I mean, it's just a bunch of... Uh, knuckleheads in the studio <laughs> and oh what do you want to do i don't know <laughs> who's this dude he's filming us okay well just pretend he's not there okay yeah. that's about it I didn't, I didn't think it i mean i didn't get past i just i got i mean literally like barely past the part where they were in the warehouse thing mm-hmm. so i haven't got to the studio thing yet oh, okay and okay. i just forgot about it because <laughs> but I, maybe the studio part is better I I'm a Beatle fan, so I, I thought I was we were glued to it. But the Yoko Ono parts are fun. But it's like I just, she had just started when I stopped watching. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's, Which it's, not not because of her. It just happened as like. But it, this it, is like my everyday life. So right, right. That's that's. But that's, they did that's, show a lot of cool stuff on the rooftop concert that I'd did. never seen before. So that was pretty cool. I I haven't. I, I'll, I'll watch it again. Get I'll watch it again. You'll like, watch it. Peter Jackson, I think, did a really great job. They wrote rewrote. The Beatles, anyway, because anytime I grew up, because again, I, the Who in high school, I mean, still, I still love the Who, but it's funny that you say the Who because it's totally man. I was, Daltrey was my guy, so anyway, with the Beatles, it's like I, growing up, it was just like, oh, you know, it ended so tragically, and they had a Let It Be movie. It was like an hour movie or something like that, and it was just awful. You know, it was like it was all sad. I, I, I this is like, never saw that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I saw it off the internet or something like that. It was like I, it might have been out in the seventies, and then you could find it on YouTube or hmm. something. But okay, so Peter Jackson, it's like. Everything that I learned about the Let It Be sessions or the Get Back sessions, completely different. These guys are having fun. They're joking like they're all buddies and all this kind of stuff. And it really shows in this movie or in, in the documentary. It's really great. So. Well, I'll, I'll turn back to it and I'll try to I'll try to suffer through that because I, I don't want to just jump to it. I want to finish off where I was and yeah. try to. We're trying to get you back to the Beatles side yeah. a little bit. <laughs> so great. So everyone's got to check out SonicPalace.com. And if they want to get recorded by Matt, just call him. Yeah. 
773-295-8330. All right. Come on in. But you need to come up with a jingle like for that. For that, you have to sing your. You have to sing your number. I'll have to. Seven seven three two nine five eight three three. Zero. Perfect. Perfect. We, and then, we got that recorded that, too. T- that ties it all together with you. And I'd like jingles. to uh, uh, say one thing. I'd like to uh, debut. We do have in the rock genre, and this is hard rock genre because we don't mess around, man. We write the Sonic Palace Band <laughs> writes music for people who want to get fucked up fast. God damn it! <laughs> we have a new uh, new uh, EP coming out, so I can I can get you. Uh, you can sneak it on uh, premiere it on your. Uh, Podcast. Oh, very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. If you like hard rock, man, it, it ain't oh, for yeah. ain't no girly drinks, man. <laughs> These are the real thing, man. Uh, I got my bitch. Girls can still drink it, but <laughs> <laughs> there ain't no Shirley Temples here no, in this stuff. This no, is real no. rock, so. Well, thanks so much for taking the time out to thanks hang so out much. with us and talk awesome. to us. Awesome. Fun, fun, great, great pop hat, yeah, podcast. Thanks, guys. Thanks, All right, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Hello, friends. Have you had troubles finding my pillow these days? Well, we have the solution for you. Why don't you try our pillow? Yes, our pillow. Our pillow is filled with wholesome comfort, built on truth and honesty, and honest-to-goodness comfort. Yes, get a good night's sleep. Finally, lying on a pillow and not a pillow filled with lies. No more tossing and turning. Affordable, too. Get yours today at such fine retailers as Robert Hall Village, Woolworth, Ryberty Drugs, Weebolts, Tom McCann, Farmore, Zare, and other fine stores. Hey, can I get one in blue? <laughs> Not only can you get one in blue, but you could get one in red, white, and blue. Hey, this is Ruta and yeah. Gettus. Hey. And we want to tell you something. We do. Yeah, because you know what? You're listening to us right now on SoundCloud.com. We sure are. But you can also catch the drop-in on Facebook. Did you know that? On other formats? On other social media formats. Could you explain that to me? Talk Um, to me like a third grader. Really? Yeah, because I don't understand this stuff. It's on the Facebook. The Facebook? Yeah. I love the Facebook. All right. And then we've got an Instagram page. The the Instagram? Yeah, but the kids call it... The Gram? The Gram. Oh, see, I used to call the Grammys the Gram, but that's a whole other subject. But if you want to find us on Instagram, we are... We're right there. We're in yeah, your face. but it's called the underscore drop underscore in. I-N-N? That's right. Oh, see that tricky spelling. And another good thing is you can catch us on iTunes. The iTunes? The iTunes. Oh, I love the iTunes. And- I love it. Look. Where can you go buy the iTunes? I don't know. Okay. And also on TuneIn Radio. The TuneIn Radio? Yes. So if you've got that cool little app on your phone- Yes. You can walk around and listen to us. Oh, my gosh. Could I could I put my phone on my shoulder like an old boombox like from the eighties? You and, sure can. Oh, okay. And if you really want to email us, you can do that too. The email? Yes. What's all right. The so email? this is kind of a long email address. So let's make sure we all get this. Okay. Get a get a pen and pencil. All right. The drop in podcast at at gmail one more time? I didn't catch that. Wait, because I, I I didn't get a piece of paper. Let me get a piece of paper. All right. Okay. It's Go. all there's no like spaces. This is all one long all word. All one thing. No caps or nothing. Nope. All right. The drop in podcast at gmail.com. 
That's easy enough. I think that's good. I think everybody knows this now. All right. All right. So tune in. To, uh, tune into the drop-in with us. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Wow, that was really awesome. It was so great to see Matt again. And oh man, has he got a heck of stories. I know. He that was a really great interview. He it did really have a was. lot of great stories. Quite, really cool guy. Quite the animated sultan. I have to I have to say he's <laughs> yes. a sultan. He is the sultan of the Sonic Palace. I know. It's a very interesting studio space as well. It really is. And I'm glad he corrected us. I did say I thought it was Oak Park and he's like, No, no, Chicago. I was like, Oops. By a couple it's inches. All, yeah, pretty much. Missed it by that much. Pretty much, pretty much. But it's a really cool space. It I really think people is. would be surprised once you get there, you'd be like, Where are we? And then you get inside, like, oh, all right, this is cool. Very cool. And he doesn't need the gold paint. I don't think like like no, your Uber driver said no, about gold No, no, no. Uber driver needs, needs to take it down a notch. Yeah, he He's might. all good. But great time talking to that him. That really was. And I uh, hope you guys like the interview. Yeah. Share it with your friends. Tell everybody about it. Don't forget to hit the like button on this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like it and share it with your friends. Like it and love it. <laughs> yes. Well, all right. When we wrap wrap up this episode, episode twenty. Holy I crap! Know, I Two know. decades. <laughs> well, funny. Sort of. Twenty episodes and uh, twenty we're episodes. Gonna, we got more. Twenty episodes. But it's nice to be able to interview people again, it and really we're hoping is. to get some more interviews in the next uh, couple episodes. So Absolutely. stay tuned. Stay tuned, everybody. All, all right. right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. 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 See ya. Don't forget to hit the like. Everybody is welcome to the drop-in So climb up Everybody is welcome to the drop-in See what's in store plenty of news and lots of good food So kick off your shoes and relax Everybody is welcome to the drop-in So come on